For I do not understand my own actions, for I do, I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing I hate. Can someone relate to that? Does this sound familiar to you? Well, what about this? You want to do the right thing, but you end up doing the wrong thing, and you feel bad that you did the wrong thing because you knew it wasn't right, and even though you did the wrong thing, you still want to do the right thing? <laughs> right? Man, isn't that true? Man. Let's read what the Apostle Paul writes in Romans 7. He, he keeps going. Follow along on the wall. It says, For I know that nothing good dwells in me, that is, in my flesh. For I have the desire to do what is right, but not the what? Ability to carry it out. He keeps going. For I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want, I don't want is what I keep on what? Doing. Verse 20, now if I do what I do not want, it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. Anyone else can relate? Yeah. You see, in that first glance, this could seem like pretty discouraging. In many ways it is. But hear me, family. As believers, because of Jesus, we have hope and we have help. Because of Jesus, we have a real help. And we have a true hope. And if you have your Bibles, and I hope that you do, please turn to Galatians chapter 5. We want to see how Paul talks to the Galatian church about this help and this hope that we have in Christ, in Christ alone. Galatians chapter 5, beginning with verse 17. If you're there, say amen. If you're not, say give me some more time, give me some more time. That's right. I love hearing those pages turn. I want you to see it with your own eyes. Galatians chapter 5. Verse 17. Word of God says, For the desires of the flesh, everyone say flesh, are against the spirit. Everyone say spirit. spirit. And the desires of the spirit are against the flesh, for these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. Verse 18. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. So let's stop there. Notice the words that Paul is using. He uses opposed against. These are fighting words. You know, you, you, you guys see the war, you hear the fight. Paul names the two sides in this war, the flesh and the what? See who's paying attention. The, the flesh and the, and the spirit, right? Now we should pause to think about this war, this fight, because it's not focusing on the outside, but rather it's focusing where? On the inside. It's not the war out there, it's the war in here, in us. We see this in James chapter 4, verse 1. It says, what causes quarrels and what causes fights among you? Is it not this, that your passions are at war within you? Are y'all following along? What is taking place among us is reflecting what's happening in us. What's taking place among us is a reflection of what's happening where? In us. And we should at times take notice of these things that seem to constantly follow us. How many of you ever felt like, man, something just keeps following me? Everywhere I go, this happens, right? You ever gone somewhere like, is it, like, you see that? Everywhere I go, this seems to happen. Or, well, we should take notice of those things. Why? Because sometimes it's what's living in us that's causing it. I'm sorry, I love you. I gotta tell you the truth, I'm sorry. <laughs> Right? Y'all know the saying, wherever you go, you are. 
Man, how come every time I go here, people just seem to... T- Right? So Paul's bringing the attention, not to the war that's out there. Yes, we have an enemy, but you know, it's an enemy at war with the spirit. And that's our flesh. That's our flesh. Now, how are the flesh and the spirit opposed to each other? Well, Paul makes it simple. He gives us a list to show you that the flesh and the spirit, man, they are two different things. Galatians 5 verse 19 says, now the works of the flesh are evident. Meaning this is seen, right? Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, verse 21, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. Can I stop right there? And things like these. You know why he had to say that? Because we're so clever at times. We're like, well, this ain't in the Bible. So Paul said, and things like it. (laughs) Right? It's a long list. And he was like, but just in case y'all are slick. I'm just going to say, and things like it, (laughs) right? And things like these, right? Things like these. It gets kind of crazy, right? I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God, verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love. Can y'all read this with me? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self Control. Let's take that off the uh, screen. Let's go um, blank screen. All right, ready? We're going to memorize this together. All right, y'all ready? Now you got to follow along with me. We're going to do it in threes. I know you're going to feel like you're at VBS, but it's going to help. It's going to be helpful because we're using hand motions. All right? This is how I memorized it, okay? <laughs> all right? Watch this. Ready? Love, joy, peace. Ready? Love. Let's do it again. Good job. We're going to do it in threes. All right, ready? Watch, watch, just watch. <laughs> watch and then repeat. Patience, right? Patience, kindness, goodness. Ready? Patience, kindness. Again, patience. All right, let me start at the top. You ready? You're doing good. All right, here we go. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, goodness. Faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. All right, here we go. From the top. <laughs> oh, uh, Stan, she stood up. You stood up. You stood up. You know, I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm going to embarrass everybody. Anyone who's able to, just stand. We're going to do it together as a church. Here we go. Here we go. VBS style. Here we go. Stand, 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 stand. All right. Here we go. Here we go, here we go. We gotta practice these things. <laughs> Cause I ain't gonna lie, if you asked me a week ago what's the fruit of the spirit, I was like, um, good stuff. Um, so I practice. All right, here we go. We take it, take it so. Ready? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Give yourselves a big hand. Sit on down. Beautiful people. Don't say I never taught you anything. Good. I want y'all to practice that. I might quiz us next week. <laughs> All right? Quiz us. <clears throat> Let's get back to the text, right? So the war is against the flesh and the spirit, right? Two different opponents, two different fruit or work, two extremely different roles, but the flesh and the spirit are both within one person. 
the flesh and the spirit, two wills, two desires inside each believer. So the question becomes, how can we win this fight? How can we win this war? And I already gave you the answer. Because of Jesus, everyone say Jesus. Because of Jesus, we have help and hope. And we see this in verse 24 of Galatians 5. Verse 24, here we go. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Do you see your victory? And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Right? So question, how do we win the war inside of us? Answer, crucify the flesh. Another question, well, who can crucify the flesh? Another answer, those who belong to Christ. Another question, well, how did we come to belong to Christ? Answer, because Jesus was crucified first. Do y'all see the progression? Let me put this all together. Jesus was crucified and has become our champion by defeating sin and death. We who belong to him and now have his spirit can put to death what opposes the spirit, which is our flesh. How beautiful is this? Listen, listen to your victory, family. We can crucify the flesh with its ungodly passions and evil desires because God became flesh. Oh, see, that's why I got to shout, but I'm going to just do that. We can crucify the flesh because God became flesh. The world, the word put on flesh. Who are we talking about? Jesus. Father, Son, and Spirit are what? One. Jesus just wasn't a man who has supernatural talent. He was God in the flesh. So you and I, we can crucify the flesh with his ungodly passions and evil desires because God himself put on flesh and in love laid down his life and was crucified on the cross. The Father has a divine desire for us to know him, to love him, and to one day be with him. And to make sure that that happened, this is what the Father did. He was willing to forsake his son so that he would never forsake you. He forsook his son so that he could promise you, I will never leave you or forsake you. Our champion cried on our behalf, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And here's the crazy thing. What Christ cried and screamed on the cross, you and I can never say that. Whew. Praise God for our champion. He was crucified so that you and I would never have to feel what he felt. Jesus was forsaken. Jesus was bruised. Jesus was buried. But Jesus' body didn't stay in the ground, did it? Oh, no, it didn't. Question, who raised, what? Who raised Jesus from the dead? I want to hear from you. Ready? <laughs> Who raised Jesus from the dead? What does the scripture say? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. Now, if you say God, like three is three or one, Tim, you just told me that, so I'm still right. <laughs> right? The Spirit. The Spirit. Question, who raised Jesus from the dead? The Holy Why does this matter? It matters because you and I have been given the same Spirit which raised Christ from the grave. We have the spirit that brought life to Jesus' body so that we can put to death the sins that are in our bodies. Let me say that again. You and I have been given the spirit which brought life to Jesus' body so that we can put to death the sins that live in our bodies. 
Jesus allowed our sins to kill him because he knew it was the only way we could receive his spirit. Think about that exchange. We gave Jesus our sin. He, in return, gives us his spirit. How generous is our God? Listen, family, we have victory in Jesus, but as I alluded to earlier, there's still a fight. We have an enemy. And this is what the enemy would love to do. The enemy, let's see, raise your hand. Raise your hand if the enemy has ever reminded you of your sin. Right? He loves to do that. Raise your hand even if your own mind has reminded you. <laughs> Sometimes it's the tapes that we play in our heads that convict us, isn't it? Here's the crazy thing about that. When this happens, I came across this old quote, old theologian. Listen to what he says. He says, so when the devil throws your sins in your face and declares that you deserve death and hell, tell him this, I admit that I deserve death and hell. What of it? For I know the one who suffered and made satisfaction on my behalf. His name is Jesus the Christ, son of God, and where he is, I will be one day. Come on, guys. Isn't that good? Some of us feel defeated when we're reminded of our past, and Jesus says, no, just be reminded of the victory I won on your behalf. Some of you, you get reminded of the sin you did 10 years ago, two weeks ago, today, or since you've been in here. And but, but when Satan or the enemy or the tapes you play in your mind reminds you of those things, just go, wait, wait, wait a second. You're right. That's the prerequisite of coming to Christ, him dying on the cross for me. He didn't die on the cross for my goodness. He died on the cross for my badness. I know that's bad grammar, but he died on the cross because I was a sinner. So when you remind me I'm a sinner, you also remind me that I'm forgiven. Come on, come on, right? That's the beauty. That's the beauty. I just love Jesus. I'm sorry. I love him. This is why preaching the gospel, the good news to yourself, is critical. We must be reminded of who we are because of Jesus and what we are able to do because of his spirit. We have to remind ourselves of that. We have to remind ourselves of the fruit of the spirit. You know the fruit of the spirit. I know you do. Because I'm not going to quiz you next week. I'm going to quiz you right now. Are you ready? The fruit of the spirit are... Look at y'all, you're like, I'm gonna clap for myself. <laughs> what well, we read earlier in Romans when Paul said, no good thing dwells in, he qualified that, didn't he? He said, in the flesh. Because Paul knew he was filled with the Spirit, right? So when I read the fruit and works of the Spirit, you know that's true of you? That's true of you. Man, woman of God, you don't have to be controlled by anger. You can be controlled by love. Man, woman of God, you don't have to allow bitterness and unforgiveness ruin your life. Man, woman of God, because you belong to Jesus, because his spirit dwells in you, you can have victory, no matter what your family of origin does or what your culture tells you, you have been born again into a kingdom culture that lives for a true king. That's your victory. Here's the thing about the fruit of the Spirit. God is all these things. God the Father, Son, and Spirit are what? One. So the Spirit's work, the Spirit's fruit, 
is how God works. It reflects who he is. That list reflects what God does and who he is, his natures and his doings. Let me show you this. Love, take it one step at a time. Love, 1 John 4, 16. So we have come to know and believe that the, believe the love that God has for us. God is love. Whoever abides in love abides in God and God abides in him. God is what? Love. I'm gonna show you every fruit of the spirit is just a reflection of who he is. Tim, why are you gonna go through this list? Because you will have moments right after this service to either serve yourself or to serve God. And I wanna show you how beautiful he is so that he would draw your heart to him. Not only is God love, what's the next fruit of the spirit? Joy, Psalm 1611. You make known to me the path of life. In your presence there's fullness of joy and at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. You serve a joyful God. He is just, but man, he is joyful. Tim, how do you know that? Well, the Bible says so. I know that's not enough, but let me give you some more scripture to back that up. All right. Right now, they have beasts, angelic beings that have been created to worship him. Imagine if you had a band just serenade you all the time. Can you, imagine, can you imagine if beasts were created to remind you of how great you is? And this is how great our God is. This is how joyful he is. They say, holy, holy, holy is the what? The Lord God Almighty. Every time they look at him, it's not that they, say this, they see the same thing. I believe they see something different about him, even though it's always been true of him. For all eternity, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The God is the same yesterday, today, and what? Forever. That may sound boring to us because we like change, but perfection doesn't have to change, does it? Do you know how joyful he is? The Father, Son, and Spirit glorifying one another all the time. He is joyful. You serve a joyful God. He is joyful. He is love. He is joy. What's the next fruit of the Spirit? Peace. Watch this, Romans 16, 20. The God of what? Peace. Listen to what he's going to do. The God of peace will soon crush Satan under whose feet? My, my, my. Wait, 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 wait. Jesus is our champion, right? We have help and hope because of what he did on our behalf. Jesus allowed our sin to pierce his feet because he knew one day that's the price he had to pay so that he could put Satan under our feet. He is a God of peace. How do you know he's a God of peace? Because the Bible also says about him in Psalms, it says that God is in the heavens. He sits up there. He does whatever pleases him. You may be rushed. You may be worried, but God isn't worried at all. He's the chillest dude. I know that sounds like, listen, he's calm. He's at peace. Because he has a whole world where? Do you believe that the God we sung to is love? Joy, love, joy, and peaceful? Or do you believe he's in the sky and he's just waiting for you to mess up? Do you believe he's just some old dude that's kind of grumpy that sometimes you can make happy? Love, joy, peace. How about patience and kindness? Romans 2, 4 says, Or do you presume on the riches of the kindness and forbearance and patience, not knowing that God's kindness is meant to lead you to what? Okay. You and I, simply put, have come to believe in God because he was kind to you. He was kind. He was very patient. 
Not only did you come to know Jesus because he was kind and patient with you, the reason why we're still here is because he's been kind and he is kind and he is patient. I need you to believe this about the God we serve. How about this goodness? Is God good? First Chronicles 16, 13. Oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is, for his steadfast love endures forever. He is good. Good. Is God faithful? Let's see what the word says. 2 Thessalonians 3, 3 says, but the Lord is faithful. He will establish you and guard you against who? Come on, y'all. Come on. Not only, see, there is a fight. Yes, one day he's gonna put Satan, crush it under our feet. But today, there's a fight that we have to do. Well, God, I'm afraid of this fight. Don't worry, I'm so faithful. I'm gonna guard you and protect you from the evil one. Some of you say, well, Tim, he hasn't protected me. No, 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 he's always protect you. It's just that you've chose to follow your flesh and your flesh is gonna lead, gonna lead you to a list of those things. And when you follow the flesh, it's so easy to blame Satan for something that you're doing. It's so easy for me to blame Satan for the things that I do. Oh God, why is this, why is this happening? He's just like, you. <laughs> Some of you, you know what's happening to you all the time? You need to replace why is this, why does that keep happening to me to why does me keep happening to me? Here's the key. Well, how do you win that me war? How do you win this fight? You crucify the flesh. Well, who can crucify the flesh? Those who belong to Christ. Well, how did you come to belong to Christ? Because he crucified his flesh. But not only did he do that, he's given us his spirit because your willpower is never enough. That's why he filled you with his power. Your willpower can't do God's will. It takes his power to do his will. It takes the person and the work of the Holy Spirit. And listen, there's a freedom and there's a joy. Why? You will have joy. You will have peace. You will have love when you rely on God's strength because even when I'm weak, his strength is made perfect. Even when I'm going through trials and tribulations, the Bible says, so I'm shaping you and molding you, allowing uh, patience to perfect you, to mature you in Christ. Here's the hard part for me. Is God gentle? Is God gentle? I didn't believe that for a long time. I didn't believe that. Let's, let's read Isaiah 40, 11. He, speaking of God, will tend his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms. He will carry them in his bosom. And what? Gently lead those that are with young. I know life can get rough. And I, I'm not trying to say Jesus is just like, uh, God's just some like Santa Claus in the sky willing to give you anything you want. No, 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 what I'm saying is you will experience peace once you realize how gentle he is. He is gentle, gentle. How did God create the world? He's spoken into existence, right? He didn't have to lift a finger. Some of you feel like, God, why is your hand smiting me? Trust me. No, my hand is not smiting you. Because of Christ, his hands was pierced for you. Some of you believe that you're being crushed 
under God, that God almost has it out for you. Here's the problem with that. We know that God doesn't have an out for you because he put his son out for you. Christ was already penalized on your behalf. He received the punishment. So Tim, so why do I still get punished? Why do I still feel? Because there's a fight in you. There's a fight in me. There's a fight in all of us in our flesh. And what happens is if you live by the flesh, you're going to produce fruit of the flesh. But if you live by and walk by the Spirit, you're going to produce the work, the fruit of the Spirit. And the reason why it's fruit and not fruits is because the Spirit of God, you can't have love and not have joy. You can't have peace and be angry. You must be peaceful and gentle. Some of you are like, oh, man, yeah, I'm good on the love thing, but I'm not faithful. Man, that's the worst person to have, isn't it? Someone who says they love you, but they're not faithful. Have all these things, because that's who God is. The last one, last fruit of the Spirit is what? Self-control. 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 That means, like, listen, this is why I do that. Because you're taking back what the enemy and others are trying to do is saying, no, I can control myself. I know I used to hold you responsible. No, I'm responsible. I belong to Christ. Let me get that back. The most beautiful picture of self-control that comes to my mind right now is Jesus praying for our forgiveness while he's being executed. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. What do you mean they know not what they do? The Romans perfected crucifixion. They knew exactly what they were doing. No, 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 a whole new level. Self-control. Jesus, think about the self-control he had. He would be teaching in a synagogue. He would be teaching in houses. And if you read the gospel, he's being interrupted all the time. You remember when Lot's wife turned back? What happened to her? Salt, right? Salt for the fries. Salt, right? Do you know that Jesus, anytime someone interrupted him or said something to him, he could have said, salt. <laughs> see, you don't understand how gentle and patient he is. We only see him heal the blind. You know how many people he could have said, blindness, lameness, death. Yes, he is life, but he's the creator of the universe. He, he knows every atom and, and molecule of us. But what does he do? When people come at him and hurl accusations at him, sometimes you just see him just, the Bible says he stooped down and he... Self-control. Look how beautiful this list is. It begins with love and ends with what? Self-control. Wow. Wow. God is all these things. Here's my invitation to you tonight. I need you to trust in Christ. Because you cannot, if you don't belong to Christ, you can't live by the Spirit because you don't have the Spirit. You can't crucify the flesh if you don't belong to Christ. But for every believer in this room, listen, I, I want you to find rest and power, help and strength 
and knowing who you belong to and also knowing who dwells within you. Remember I told you a couple of weeks ago, for those who were here, I said, <clears throat> we become what we behold. But how, you be but how we behave, also, how we behave proves who we belong to. We become what we behold, so we fix our eyes and our gaze and our attention and our affection on Christ. But we also, our behavior only proves who we belong to. Those who crucify the flesh are those who belong to Christ. Do you belong to him? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I don't know about you, but I need more of that in my life. I want more of that. Can I have the band come back up? And if you all would just please stand, please stand. Prayer partners can come up to the front. Um, <clears throat> we're gonna do things a little bit differently uh, tonight. <clears throat> Every week our prayer partners are up here to pray with you for whatever it is that you may need. For those who have not yet trusted in Christ, if you don't belong to him or you want to or have questions about that, they're up here to pray for you as well. But tonight I want us to do something a little, little bit different. And what I want us to do, I want us to actually pray a prayer that I learned this week. Before I speak, I usually typically say the same prayer. Father, we love you. Jesus, we adore you. Holy Spirit, we desperately need you. Let me give you a little reason why I do that. I do that for a couple of reasons. One. I believe that that's what God is looking for, people who love him, who adore him, and know that they're dependent on him. But I also do that to remind myself that it's a prayer that I hope is true, that before I preach to you, before I try my best to rightly divide his word, I pray that you see that I'm not trying to show off, I'm trying to love Christ. I hope that you see that it's the love of God that compels me, that controls me. Sometimes I say some hard things to get, but I promise it's, it's because God loves me and I want you to get it. And so I, I say that to remind myself that, Tim, you need to be enamored with Jesus. And so when you talk about me, son, and, and when you preach my word, make people see me and they, not, they, they, they don't want to see you. It's for his glory. But then this week, <clears throat> when I was in school, I had a professor teach us this prayer. And he said, Tim, there's something beautiful about the body of Christ, not just praying together. We read the word together every week. I don't know if you notice that. I just love hearing the body speak his word. But there's something about having a moment where the body prays together. And so if you're of other church or other church traditions, you'll, you'll see a word like liturgy. You see like traditions. And sometimes those things are dead to us. But no, they could be really, really good to remind us week in and week out why we're here and why we need God. So I want us to do something a little different, right? This is what I want to do. I want you to grab the hand of somebody right next to you. If you don't know them, introduce yourself, right? Right? Do it. And honestly, I want us to connect. Can we connect? Can we connect? Can everyone have a hand? Can we just be? Awesome. Everybody got somebody. No one alone. I'm not trying to be legalistic, but I do think there's something to touching and agreeing. Right? 
I wish y'all could see my view. Like, y'all look good, all right? But I wish you could see, like, young and old both, black, white, and other. I wish you could see that the world is polarized, but we're united in Christ. Right? And so sometimes just come here, just remind yourself, wow, look how big my family is. Look how big my family is. And what I want us to do, I want us to pray this prayer together. Because I believe it's going to capture like anything and everything we could ever hope for or need. Because it's going to talk about our dependency on Him. Don't, don't say it yet, I'm just going to read it. And I want to explain this. Father, okay. When Jesus saw his disciples, he says, call him Father. We're not talking to a power or just some being. We're talking to our dad. Father, what we know not, teach us. Do you know, like you just heard me preach for 30 minutes, but that doesn't mean you got it all. I didn't get it all. We still need God to teach us, don't we? What we have not, please give us. In Christ, we have all that we need, but it doesn't mean that we still don't have needs. There's still some things that we need. So God, just please give us what we are not. Please what? Make us. Why? Because we have this fight going on within us. So God, we need you to make us anew. We're new creations in you, but today, help me pick up my cross. Today, help me deny my flesh. Today, fill me with your spirit. Today, empower me to be who you created me to be. Make us. For who? For your glory. In whose name? Jesus' name. Why? Because it's at his name. It's at his name that every knee will bless. Oh, every knee, every, every tongue will confess. Every power, every, every dominion, all, all was good, all was evil. When Jesus' name, there's going to come a day where the fight is going to be over. There's going to come a day where we don't have to fight anymore. We can just enjoy God. This is going to come a day where our faith is going to become sight. Can you imagine that day? We're not even going to cry. We're going to walk on streets of gold. Why does that matter? Because some people are so greedy, but it's going to be under our feet. Satan's going to be under our feet, and we're going to love everybody. And it's actually going to be true love. It's going to be every tribe and every tongue and every nation. And I don't know if you're going to keep your language, but somehow you're going to be able to understand each other. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be amazing. We're going to be in our Father's house. And the Bible says there's going to be no need for sun. There's going to be no need for moon because His glory is going to emanate. His glory is going to shine in such a way that there's going to be day all the time. And I don't know if you get excited about that, but I'm so happy that one day we're not going to have to fight. That one day the fight is going to be over. We're going to be done. And He's going to look to us. And He's going to look to you. And He's going to say, well done, my good and faithful servant. And he's going to reward you. You're going to get hooked up. Really? He's going to reward you. And, and, and the treasure that you have, you don't have to worry about moth. You don't have to worry about rust. You don't have to worry about a thief because he's guarding it. And the suffering that you're going through right now is not going to compare to the eternal glory that he has, that, he's, that awaits for you. So we do it for his glory. In his name. So now that I preached a prayer, let's pray it. <laughs> let's pray it. Ready? Let's pray together. Father, what we know not, teach us. What we have not, please give us. What we are not, please make us. For your glory, in Jesus' name, amen. 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 Amen.